Welcome to the five things this week in social. We're the Webby award-winning podcast that finds the top stories in social and narrows it down to just five so that you can have a great answer in just five words. If you're a marketer, an advertiser, or a creator, then this is the podcast for you. Today on the pod, we have the A-Team back again, Ari Santana and Alex Black. Get it, A-Team, because both of your names start with A. All right. Hello, Alex. Hey, Joey. How's it going? Pretty good. Question for you, Alex. Are you reading any good books these days? Anything that you're really enjoying? Mm, The big one right now is Cersei and shout out to the Grey Strategy Book Club who got that going, but I did fall behind and they had the discussion. So once I'm back up, gonna hit everyone up for round two. Amazing. And Ari, hello, Ari. Hello, Joey. Same question for you. Are you in the book club? Do you have any books that you're reading? I am in the book club. But right now I'm reading Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Seven. I believe that's their name. And it's really good. And it's about L.A. And I live in L.A. So it's nice to know the places that they talk about. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. Well, I'm Joey Scarillo, and I am working my way through Robin, the biography of Robin Williams, one of my heroes growing up. So that's the book on my bookshelf. Okay, here are the five things. First up, Alex kicks us off with Meta, who allows Horizon World posts to Instagram, and they expand their AR filters. Then Ari tells us about TikTok, introducing TikTok World for brands. Then Alex gets into Instagram, expanding their partnership ad capabilities. And then Ari breaks down Reddit's resurrection of chat channels. And finally, Alex takes us home with Twitter, testing a take on the grid. All right, Alex, you are up first. Let's get into Meta and Horizon World and AR filters and all the fun stuff. So much fun stuff. What a time to be alive. As most know, Facebook has their own kind of metaverse called Horizon World. If you haven't heard of it, honestly, that is also not a shock. But they've been trying to get this going for the last few years. And they are hanging on by a thread. The core of us were talking actually about the death of Metaverse and a few articles that came out about it. And Meta's really, really out here trying. So the big update here that Zuck announced on his Zuck broadcast channel that we talked a little bit about broadcast channels last time I was here. And now people can post pictures screenshots from Horizon World and post them to their Instagram and I believe specifically Instagram stories. Specifically, quote to show what a fun time they're having in Meta's metaverse. If anyone has seen Horizon World, just like the UI of it, it looks like Wii Mii's. So if you start seeing (laughs) those type of configurations on your feed, you know why. And you know what? I'm here for the Wii Mii's, but maybe not in this format. And then what's going on with the AR filters? Yeah, so a little bit more of a turn that is definitely more brand friendly. So Meta expanded their AR filters to address more shopping ads and specifically hit reels. So we've seen AR filters in feed, we've seen them on stories, but now they're bringing them to reels where obviously they're still trying to drive the most traffic. But what's really cool is that you can interact with them 
And then they bring you to shopping within the ad unit itself, which is really cool. So they did some beta testing with Sephora where people could press against the screen to generate different aura vibe filters that would help them pick a best fitting fragrance and then purchase it in the ad unit online, which is pretty crazy. And then Tiffany's did one where they took you into the Fifth Ave store to look through all of the jewelry options. So they're definitely getting a little bit more tech friendly, but this could definitely be huge for a lot of advertisers. Yeah, what a cool opportunity and a big update from Meta, kind of a double story here. Ari, I'm curious, this is the first we've heard from the metaverse in a while and the first I've heard of Horizon World. What do you think of Horizon World? Have you interacted with it? The metaverse still a thing? I really hope the metaverse isn't a thing anymore, but alas, it's trying. I've never used it personally, but what I've seen come out of it is pretty jarring. It's probably one of the ugliest things I've looked at, and I've seen some really badly rendered like video games. We were so all in on the metaverse about a year ago, and it just feels like, where is it going? You know, AI has sort of taken over, but it's just, it's interesting. And we will certainly keep an eye on the metaverse for sure. I'm uh, going back to the AR filters for just a second here, Alex. What kind of brands, uh, you know, we know that beauty brands, like I feel like Sephora is usually on the front end of these technologies, but what other brands do you think could get involved with some of these, this new AR technology? Yeah, I think the possibilities are endless. So we'll probably see a lot of product first or CPG brands getting in on it just because they are the most tangible. It was really interesting that Sephora did this specifically with perfume, just because that is probably (laughs) the most out there type of offering that you could use with an AR filter. But I mean, even working on tourism and destination, there is a lot of opportunity there to be able to see yourself in destinations, be able to look more deeply into it, driving to site. But I think right now, because it is a little bit more in-app shop first, we'll probably see more of that product first options coming through. Yeah. Well, when we can start to smell in the metaverse, then I feel like that's when maybe we can get Ari on board and maybe you'll start posting your metaverse posts to Instagram. All right, Ari, speaking of other worlds, let's talk about TikTok world. Tell us what the brands are up to over at TikTok. Everyone's favorite clock app is launching their TikTok world hub designed to help brands learn how to connect with audiences and boost discoverability. The hub features four topics, uh, branding, commerce, performance, and creative. And TikTok world has essentially every resource an advertiser needs to understand and succeed on the platform from product leader videos on different topics to roadmaps to help educate brands on TikTok advertising. Along with the new hub, TikTok also introduced their TikTok fundamentals, which is a framework for brands to get the most out of their campaigns. The platform outlined three steps as the through line for any successful TikTok campaign. First and most importantly, they tell you to fuel their supply TikTok with all of the inputs that they need to give you the outputs that you want and then also build. So start simple and then go from there, reducing complexity so you can start increasing your learnings and then automate, which I found really interesting using TikTok's automation tools to maximize efficiency. And I was unaware that TikTok had automation tools. So I thought that was pretty cool. 
But with these new and simple accessible updates, TikTok is putting its stake in an e-commerce platform that that'll woo advertisers and get more people on to the platform to spend app dollars and then create this beautiful ecosystem that we've seen develop already of TikTok advertising. But I'm sure TikTok's advertising abilities will only continue to grow and their offerings will only continue to wow us. But I'm really curious to see if their success will eventually plateau like so many of the big social media platforms before. You know, TikTok keeps coming out with these updates to make it easier and easier and easier for brands and marketers and advertisers to get on board. If they're doing that, there has to be a reason. Alex, what do you think are some of the things that are holding brands back from engaging on TikTok? Yeah, well, first off, I definitely feel wooed. So thank you, Ari. (laughs) But I think we can often get intimidated by platforms and updates. And we talk so much about what is the algorithm? How does it work? Why are we not going viral? So to be able to have very plain messaging and steps for us, even if it doesn't create immediate success within the algorithm, just having some sort of support can be really helpful when we don't know which way is up and to the point where they are always coming out with new features. It can be pretty intimidating to figure out the best way to work with them, whether it's trying something new out or being able to advance success when maybe we're not seeing it with certain campaigns. Are, are you excited about these new tools as somebody who will probably be using them? Yeah, definitely. I think they're really helpful in getting everyone on the same page, either between teams or with your client. It'll be a really good resource across the board for everyone to kind of stay educated and updated without it being on the sole responsibility of like a strategy or social strategy team to kind of put those updates forward. Amazing. All right, let's get into Instagram expanding their ad partnership capabilities. Alex, talk to us about it. Yeah. So this is kind of more in like the influencer and UGC realm, which is something Ari and I have been talking about a lot on our social accounts. So this is pretty cool where advertisers can now boost more types of organic Instagram content as partnership ads. So this includes kind of our normal branded content with the paid partnership label that you probably see the most of but also is now being bridged into collab posts, straight up mentions, people tags, product tags, and other general content without that paid partnership label. And that hopefully will continue to create new partnership ads in Ad Manager without us on our end having to create an existing post. But the other big thing here is that kind of similar to what we've seen on TikTok, is that not every ad has to come from a brand's handle. So it can be a UGC handle, it can be an influencer handle. So that way it does seem a little bit more authentic. Yeah, it's funny. It's like TikTok zigs, Instagram zags and kind of going, they're always sort of chasing each other, right? So is this is this a new idea then having this paid content for not just brands? Or have other platforms been doing the same thing? Ari? Yeah, actually, I think you've seen a lot of this on TikTok when working with either influencers, celebrities, or kind of prominent people on that platform. Brands are able to kind of go in and boost on their end a video on their partner's account. So those ad dollars are going towards a specific video on someone else's platform rather than 
having to be funneled through a brand's TikTok page itself. And I think Instagram's kind of trying to keep up with that idea in creating this new paid capability for brands on their own platform. Very cool. All right, let's move on to a platform we love to talk about. Let's get into Reddit and how they are resurrecting chat channels. Ari, talk to us about it. Yeah, so if you're like me, you may have been asking yourself, like, what is a chat channel? Like I thought all of subreddits were technically channels to chat, but chat channels are different. They're dedicated spaces within a subreddit to connect and ask questions or just to hang out. This time, Reddit is learning from their past live chat project from 2018 and is taking a mod-first approach. So they're keeping moderators in mind with tools and management and even a dedicated mod-only channel to chat all things moderation. This approach is different from their previous project in the sense that they really keep in mind the people who are essentially keeping Reddit running in these subreddits. That's a lot of times I said Reddit, but it's fine. It's only getting worse from here. So these chat channels are now dedicated spaces for discussion and quips and reactions rather than just your traditional one-off posts that may not get that same engagement. So far, this is only a pilot program with 25 volunteer subredditors, but Reddit will soon expand its offering to more of those Redditor communities to try out by request. So they can add their subreddit to a waitlist and then as spots open up or as chat channels continue to grow, they'll have access to them. So this seems like an attempt to kind of keep up with the growing popularity of Discord's community-centric platform. Discord's decentralized and ad-free platform is really enticing to a lot of young people looking to find others who share common interests and share in that community. But Reddit may be trying to fill that same gap in their own platform in terms of trying to build community through these chat channels. So I'm curious to see if it catches on or if Reddit will simply stay the aggregator of human interest. Yeah, very interesting. Alex, you know, it's not very often that a platform will create a feature, sunset it, and then bring it back. And Ari mentioned, you know, Discord. But do you think there are other reasons or other motivations to to bring this back? Yeah, it's... It's really smart of them. Last time I was here, we talked about how different platforms take features of other platforms once they do start to become more popular. So there was actually a stat about how I believe it's 98% of Reddit users never post or comment. They kind of just linger. And that could be for a number of reasons of intimidation, being downvoted, just wanting to browse. So this kind of creates a little bit more of an open forum for people to be able to chat and engage. I think the other piece is a little bit of waiting time. So obviously Reddit is huge with asking questions, looking for feedback. So being able to give more of a real-time option can definitely keep people on the platform longer, engage more, which is really exciting. I think it's a really good move by them. Obviously the interest is there. They're longtime users, people of all ages, and it's probably going to be a little bit more simple compared to Discord, where there are so many steps to be able to get into a chat. Yeah, I used to play around with Discord. It's been a couple of years since I've been on it, but it really wasn't as easy as, as Reddit could be, and Reddit is already. Have you played around on Discord? 
I have. I was invited to a few channels and I felt like the kid left alone at recess when I would try to organically get into others and then not figure out how or not get the invite. So happy to say that I can stay off of Discord and maybe go to Reddit now. Yeah, yeah. What fun. All right, let's take it home with Twitter. I mean, we can't go a full podcast without talking about Twitter. All right, they are testing out something that I think could be very interesting. And Alex, you're going to tell us about it. They are teasing out the grid. Yeah, so a product designer recently this week released a sneak peek at what the grid could look like under the media tab on people's profiles. So right now, if you go to the media tab, it's going to look like any other tweet format where you have to scroll to see every picture, every video, every GIF which also has captions along for it. So they all read like tweets. This change will look pretty similar to what your Instagram profile will look like of all just specifically the photos and videos in this giant grid. I have mixed feelings about this. (laughs) Again, stealing features, appreciate wanting to make it more friendly. Elon has been open where he wants to make this a little bit more of a video enhancement platform to battle Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, starting out with some shows coming out. But the grid is really interesting, A, because it kind of goes against a lot of Twitter user behaviors, because the whole point of seeing tweets is to see also the text that goes in them. I think of my own feed and all the pictures that I post, and they are not curated the way that it should look on a grid. It's memes, it's random dumps. It's gifts that make no sense if you put them all together. And I don't want to have to change that or worry about more curation on another platform. So I'll be interested to see how this goes and how people go about it. But it's going to be pretty intense. (laughs) I agree with that. When I first saw that they were doing the grid, I was like, uh, I don't know. But then I was like, okay, on the media tab, maybe. Ari, what what do you think? Good move for Twitter? I think this only works for stan accounts, like people who are obsessed with their favorite artists and want to see all of their beautiful edits that they've made throughout the years. And that's it. I don't think a single regular person wants this at all. Yeah. You know, there was a piece of me that was like, oh, maybe this is like the first best move under the Elon era at Twitter. But now the more I think about it, I think you're right. Like it'll lead people to want to curate their media and I might start deleting GIFs, you know? And we all know how I feel about GIFs on this show. (laughs) So we'll see. We'll see what Twitter does. Any other final thoughts, Ari or Alex? I think the big takeaway is I just want to post in peace. Like looking at all of these updates, seeing Horizon Worlds coming in, grids, add partner capabilities. Like I kind of just want to be left alone sometimes, but also really excited for brands and what we can do on the advertising front with some of these. Let me post in peace. All right, friends. Well, that does it for us today. If you don't already, be sure to follow us, share us, review us, like us, write to us with your questions, comments, concerns, points of interest or complaints, or just send us a thing you want us to discuss on the show. And you can do all of that by emailing us at podcasts at gray.com. Of course, I want to thank our panel today, the A-team, Alex and Ari. And as always, want to thank Samantha Geller and Amanda Fuentes and the crew over at Gramercy Park Studios behind the scenes. 
On the most recent episode of Gray Matter, a podcast about ideas, we welcomed Natalie Walton, the late stage co-founder of Expectful, a meditation app and platform for mothers and expecting mothers. Natalie talks about how she went from an Expectful user to advisor to CEO. Natalie's story is the perfect listen for all parents as she speaks candidly about her approach to parenthood, being a business leader, and how she and her husband navigated the process. Check out Natalie's story or any of our past episodes of Gray Matter, a podcast about ideas, anywhere you find this podcast. That's it for us this week. Thank you, listener. And as always, be social. The Five Things are written and researched by the Social and Connections team at Gray New York, produced by Joey Scarillo and Samantha Geller. Mixed at Gramercy Park Studios by Amanda Fuentes and Guy Rosemarin, with post-production support from Ned Martin. Additional support by Christina Hyde and Adrian Hopkins. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more at gray.com.